You're listening to episode 111 of your favourite podcast, The Dawson D Show, with this week's special guest, Australian soccer legend, Archie Thompson. Archie Thompson is one of the most loved soccer players in A-League history and will be forever remembered as a Melbourne victory icon. Archie made 224 appearances for the mighty Melbourne victory, scoring 90 goals across his 11 seasons, including five goals in the famous inaugural 2005 A-League Grand Final. He famously held a goal-scoring world record where he put 13 goals into the back of the net in a huge win for Australia over American Samoa. The score was 31 to nil. These days you'll find Archie as part of the A-League coverage for Paramount as well as the Australian F1 Grand Prix and Melbourne Racing Carnival. This chat with Archie had it all. He spoke about why players should be given more freedom in showing their real personalities to the public, the 2006 World Cup with the Socceroos and what really happened off the pitch in Germany, experiences of not getting paid when he was playing overseas, the way he's gone about life and why he isn't afraid to say what he thinks and what he feels, and the current state of the A-League and why it's been so tough competing with other codes like the AFL and the NRL, plus so much more. Archie was raw, honest, and really spoke from the heart. Even if you're not a soccer fan, the insight Archie gives is absolutely incredible. Without further ado, here is our conversation with the legend himself, Archie Thompson. Welcome to the Dot and D Show. Smashing societal pressure and unlocking your secret ambition. Now, Dos, are you ready for our next interview? Deep. I'm ready. Now, let's go balls deep. D, it's an exciting one this morning, I reckon. Mate, I'm a bit starstruck to be to be frank with you, but I'm very excited. Uh, just relax. It's yeah, all right. Okay. Settle those nerves. It's okay. <laughs> We've got the great Archie Thompson with us. Archie, welcome. Oh, thanks for having me, boys. I know it's been a bit of a uh, fuck around on my end, so I apologise. No, nah, we are, uh, like we said, mate, we're absolutely, we're stoked. And, and you're obviously a busy man. You've got a lot going So you're, obviously the A-League's about to start, the spring carnival. Yeah, oh, look, man, to be honest, I, uh, a lot of people think that I am busy, but it, I'm, I'm probably more blessed than uh, people think because uh, I don't have a normal nine-to-five job. Things sort of come sporadically. I might be busy for a, a little period, then bang, everything is a bit chaotic. But then normally, sometimes when I post stuff on me, uh, social media, I've done that like months ago, and then it's released then, and then all of a sudden, oh, actually, you're busy. And I go, oh, not really. <laughs> uh, but look, to be fair, I'm... Like, I'm pretty grateful for the life I have, man. I don't have a, uh, like I said, I don't have to get up. I don't have to, uh, I'm not a plumber or electrician or a builder. And those labouring jobs that are tough, like real, real tough. And um, mm. like, like I said, I'm pretty blessed to have the job that I have now and the job that I've had most of my life. Well, mate, we're actually interested. We're going to talk a lot about you and your career in football. But before we do, talk us a little bit about the Spring Carnival and that that gig for you and what's upcoming with that because that's that must be a little bit different for you. Yeah, well, look, man, I... Um, with Channel 10 obviously taking over the rights of football, it just opens up so many doors and avenues to do other things. I, I love football, don't get me wrong. It's a passion of mine since I was a kid playing it and, and um, obviously now the majority of my work's through it, but I love so much more. And that's probably <laughs> probably why with my career I probably wasn't as professional as a lot of people are <laughs> because I, I, I loved other things. And I, I think with Channel 10... It gives me the opportunity to do those things. Like I did the GP this year, which was unbelievable. Like uh, I don't know if anybody went this year, but if you get the opportunity to go next year, go because it was amazing, electric. I think it was one of the first events that was uh, allowed to the gate floodgates were just open and you know everyone could go and uh, you, you could feel the energy and the way that they organised the event it was amazing to be a part of. And it's like and for me, they're almost like the the last rock star in sport 
and and maybe even like uh, I, I would even say like rock star in the general sense of music yeah. because uh, these guys are like <laughs> like they're rocking like rock stars. The focus is just on these guys, and uh, so that was amazing to to be a part of that and watch that. And you know, in the in the spring carnival, the racing. Uh, uh, Eddie Maguire is part of the Channel Ten team this year. It's, it's good to, to obviously see him and work work alongside him and other people. And you just get to see different things, different people, people that you might think, "Oh, he looks like a prick," or uh, <laughs> oh, "Oh, she's up himself." But then when you actually get to really know them, they're actually really great blokes, they're great people, or, or, or you're just great human beings. But I think we're quick to make a judgment on on people. I, I still do it and try not to do it as much these days, but. It's just good to to see other sports, other people, other people you kind of look up to. I, I actually, I know I talk a lot. As soon as that red light, as soon as the red light, <laughs> I just talk. But I, I think with Bruce McAvaney, I met Bruce McAvaney. I think he does a little bit of to, he has a little bit to do with the horses. And I met him a couple of months ago at the Logies. Like I went to the the Logies. Like you know, if he had told me that I'd be going to the Logies, I'd be part of the GP, I'd be doing the Spring Carnival about five years ago, I, I would have said to you, man, what are you smoking? And uh, give, give me some. Uh, no, like <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. But like I said, I, I got to meet Bruce McAvaney, like someone I've, I've kind of looked up to in terms of his passion for sport. And, and, and his commentating skills and his knowledge. And, like, you meet people like this. Uh, so it's really incredible. You know, I get to go to Spring Carnival for free. Which yeah, is that's better. the best part, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the, the free... And I get paid for it. And I get paid for it. Exactly. The, the free tickets. That's that's what I'd be excited about. Yeah. Someone like Eddie Maguire, like obviously the different codes. He's obviously more football, like AFL football. But you, I don't know if you cross paths, but what's he like? Man, the surprising thing is too he, that for me was he's a big, he's a big football fan. Like, I mean, he's obviously passionate about his AFL, his Collingwood, and he wants that to succeed. But he's a big Celtic man. Yeah. His dad passed away, but when Celtic were here in Australia, he was like he wasn't doing so well. But they they uh, Eddie managed to get him to a game. They honoured him as an honorary lifelong member of Celtic wow. because it, it, like. He grew up in Scotland, so yeah. he, he he loves it. He's got a real eye on uh, the way that Edge Postcoglu is doing things over there, and um, he's really he loves the game. It, it's really it was really good to to hear that because I always think that people that have agendas in in other codes don't necessarily want any other sport to succeed. But I think it, it surprised me how much of a football fan he is, and it, it might uh, hopefully he shows a bit more support when you know when football comes around and, and like with the with the women's uh, World Cup and. Football trying to take off. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's a great perspective to have too because it seemed for a long time that everybody was a code war, but now it seems to be like, look, we've got a big enough population, we've got a big enough interest, So, and we're going to dive into the A-League a bit later with you. Yeah, mate, it's still there, bro. I know a lot of codes would definitely pick their code before anyone else and, 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 and go to pretty nasty tactics to try, and, <laughs> uh, you know, try to get one up. I remember uh, I think it was our grand final uh, against Sydney FC, where like it was massive, it was going to be huge. It was uh, 2015, I think, 14, 15. At, was that at Amy uh, Park? Yeah, at Amy Park. Yeah, that was asked, huge. Yeah, and we could ask. We, are, I mean, it was a great stadium to have. No, 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 no doubt about. It. We did ask if they could have it at uh, Marvel or any stadium because just because of the rivalry and how big it would be. I don't know what round it was. They just wanted to move one game, and it was probably 
I think it was shitty bulldogs against I don't know who it was. Oh, he's a dog's fan. I'm sorry, mate. I'm a D's man. I'm a D's man, baby. So I'm sorry. I've got a friend out there. But I'm, I'm sure it was dogs. I reckon it was doggies or North Melbourne. It was a shit team. <laughs> two shit teams that were doing two uh, Which they could have, like, accommodated because it would have, you know, it would have made a real great spectacle. They did end up being fantastic anyway, but I just, those sort of things, um, mm. you, you kind of think you'd like to work together with, with other codes. Well, Arch, sorry, I know you're going to ask a question, but just just remember where the demons were a couple of years ago. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. I know where they are at the moment. They were in that shit category too. Oh, mate, look, I, I, yeah, I understand. I've, I've rode all those waves, bro. I know. Because yeah. <laughs> I must admit, I jumped a lot of from one team to the next. I went for Essendon when I was younger because they had all the Danahers, that Thompson, they had like, you know, Salmon, all these amazing yeah. players. And so I went for them and then, mate, every time I lost, like, Pride, like it, it was. It's still, it's still a joke uh, in my family now about that. But then, then I went to the Cats when um, Couch, Billy Brownless, Ablett, like I, 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 and then I went for them. And then, I then I went overseas and played football. I came back in two thousand and uh, what was it, two thousand and four or five? And my brother said to me, he "Goes Arch, like you know, why don't you pick a AFL team to support while you're here?" And I thought, okay. He goes, Melbourne. D's and I thought, oh mate, sweet, no worries. Because like, I think when I was overseas, they were in a grand final. Oh, yeah, right. um, yeah. So I thought, okay, I'll go for them, and I stuck with it. I, I stuck with them, and Jesus Christ, what a fucking <laughs> ride! Like what a ride! But we're there. We've got some good players. Absolutely. Yeah. You brought up Ange. I'd love to hear your your thoughts on him at yeah. the moment. Like he's, a, he's he's obviously about to play Real Madrid in the Champions League, and it's just. I don't think it's more of a, it's a, just such a huge deal. I don't think people that don't follow football quite understand what a massive thing this is. Oh, I, I think it's a it's a massive thing. Even if you if, if even if you do know football, because what he's had to do to that club from the ground to the to, to right through the whole whole organisation, and this is what Edge does amazingly is that uh, he comes into because some managers will come and. Uh, They'll tweak things here and there and then they'll try to like slowly adapt it to um, how they play. He comes in there and goes, nah, bang, this is how it's going to be. And I'm, 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 I want players able to do it for me. If you can't, I'm sorry, I'll find people that can. Yeah. And uh, that's his philosophy. The buck stops with him though. And that's that's what I what I love about him. He'll take responsibility. And uh, like a lot of, a lot of people sometimes always pass the responsibility in or he's not doing this or he's not doing that. He's always like, that's the integrity of the man that I love is like why I love him so much is that it's his responsibility. He'll take responsibility if the team doesn't do well. Uh, and if the team's doing well, he's happy for them to have the accolades of it all. What, How he goes in there and does it. I was a little dirty on him though, I must admit. When he first came to Melbourne Victory, he said to me, he goes, Archie, I want you to start to be more involved with the Socceroos. But at that time, I was anyway. Like, I, I was really starting to, with Holger Osik there, become more, more, of that, more of that squad after kind of, um, I think it was Vivek, the last one, where I, I kind of done my knee and I sort of fell out of the radar with the Socceroos. And when he came to this uh, Melbourne victory, he said, Arch, I, I really want you to get you. I, I believe I can really get you more involved. And I said, yeah, no worries, man. That's cool. But I had the utmost most respect for him anyway in the game because of what he's achieved. So I, I, I wanted that achievement because Melbourne victory had been doing so shit for so long, he was the man that was going to change it. Yeah. Uh, so immediately when he was there, he didn't need to block any smoke up my ass. I mean, I was there. I, 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 like, I, I wanted success. 
And uh, I knew he was the man that was going to do it. And then uh, so we had that first year. It was up and down. But, you know, we, we started the second season and then obviously Holgos gets a sack. And then uh, that was World Cup year. And then Edge Postacogli goes in. And I'm thinking, yes, I've got a free ride to the World Cup. And then uh, all of a sudden, I, like, I, I sort of reach out to Edge and I make a few calls to sit, like, you know, just to see what the plans are. And I, I don't get any answer. And I'm like, wait, what, what's going on here? And then anyway, I tried a couple more times and still nothing. And then it happened that we had an Asian Champions League game and he was in Japan. I stopped him and I, I thought, well, here's my opportunity. I'm, like, I'm not going to get more of an opportunity to see now. If, if, uh... So I asked him, I said, mate, look, um, what's the plans? Like, what do I need to do? Am, am I still part of the World Cup in your mind, mind still? And he just waited a couple of weeks. I'll let you know and all this sort of stuff. So I was like, okay, no worries. And then uh, then heard nothing and I wasn't even in the squad. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, look, I, I was a bit... Dirty about that, and I probably had a lot of yeah, I had a lot of resentment towards that for a bit because uh, I thought that was my really last opportunity. It was my last opportunity to go for World Cup. I went to World Cup in two thousand six, didn't get on the pitch. This was like a good chance for me because I've been part of all the qualifications uh, leading up to the World Cup, and so there was a lot of resentment there. And I even said something uh, when the Socceroos against Japan when we lost. I, I even said it out of context, but I felt like I just needed to get it off my chest. Yeah. I said that uh, I thought the demise of the Socceroos in, in one sense was because, uh, or why they haven't been doing so well, is because Edge Foster was giving out bloody caps like Tic Tacs. But that was purely coming from me because I was fucking angry that I didn't get... But but now when I see it and I look back on it, I have a bit of time to kind of have a bit of perspective. And, you, and when you do take a step back and you take away all the emotion and all the resentment and stuff, mm. you actually have a look at it and it goes, there was probably younger players out there that could have had a lot more impact on what I could have. I was definitely coming more into the twilight of my career. And and he was coming into helm not just for the World Cup, for long uh, for a longer preparation. He's needing players to see what they can do in the future. Yeah. And uh, so once I started to see that, I let go of everything. And now I'm just I'm so happy uh, for him and, and what he's done because he's he, he makes hard decisions. Mm. You've seen it when he went to Brisbane Raw when there was Craig Moore, Danny Tiado, all these really high-profile players, big characters, and he's kind of gone in there and goes, well, if you, you know, sorry, I, I want to change your culture and I want to play it differently. I don't care what you've done or who you are. This is how it's going to be. Mate, uh, utmost respect for him. I just want to quickly jump in before Daniel asks a question, but like I'm a Melbourne City fan. Warren Joyce came in and I hated what he did with Timmy and with Bruno and these guys, but it was his way or the highway. Yes. Oh, well, look, well, that's, that's, I think with Warren Joyce, uh, it may be a bit different because no, no one kind of understood what he was trying to do. I know that he wanted to maybe change it up, bring, bring something new. But no, I, I didn't know what it was. I don't think anyone knew what. I don't think what the players knew what it was. I know that he had success in at Manchester for we in the youth system. I, I don't know. I, I just once you start to lose respect for the players, I can see maybe that. All right, Timmy may be a little bit older, and he was purely only there trying to be part of the World Cup. Bruno Fernandes still an amazing player, but maybe was not getting the same as what we've seen at Melbourne City. Uh, so I can understand why he had to make those hard decisions, but. I just don't think he had really an idea of uh, not saying that he's not a, a great manager and knows what he what he wants, but I couldn't see it. No one could see it. And once you lose the trust of players, definitely hard to get it back. Yeah. Can you share a little bit from a player's perspective about 
when coaches or managers change all the time. So what it's like when you're part of a squad and then the manager gets sacked or leaves or, or something happens and you have to start again. So whether you're a high profile player like yourself at Victory or if you're a low profile player just trying to get get your way, what's it like psychologically when management is turned over and it feels like you have to start again? Well, well, mate, it's tough. I guess it's like any employment place or any sort of workforce. It's like, you know, as soon as new management comes in, they've got a different way of thinking. It's either, you know, you've got to adapt or you move on. Uh, and, and sometimes it's difficult. I mean, I've, I've had managers over in Europe, uh, one that really almost broke me because he had a different, not, not that he, not that I, I, I couldn't play in the system that he wanted to play or philosophy. He just didn't like me as the character I was. Like, I mean, we lose, I'm still going to have a joke, have a laugh, you know. It, it, it just, it just, it hurts. But I, I don't see, that, like, if my performances aren't great and we lose, I'm, I'm dirty, of course I'm dirty, but I'm not going to let it ruin my fucking day, you, yeah. know, you know. Like, yeah. I mean, we like, have yeah, bad days at work. Like, it, it just happens. And try to have a laugh and I try to bring joy to everyone that's around me to, to try to pull them out of those sort of things. And then this one particular coach, we were doing really well in the in the in the league uh, because we'd only been, we're only a mid table team, but we we're right up there and we we're really performing well. We recruited some good players, and I was coming off injuries too, so that didn't help me. You know, I worked hard. I got back into a position. We lost a game that was really important at home. Next day, I came back on. Marty Lawrence is on. We're in the players uh, compound. Martin Marty Martin Lawrence was doing a stand up, but it was fucking funny. Like, it's a laugh, you know. And uh, anyway, he, he saw that I was laughing and he immediately, because he's that type of person, that type of character, he's a fucking wanker. <laughs> I, 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 I probably, I shouldn't say that, but uh, I, I just don't like the man and I'm still trying to, and there's a resentment I need to probably work on there, but uh, he just just wasn't a good person. I, I, like there's good people and I just don't think he uh, he's a good person. Emilio Ferrer, yes, you, that's you, mate. You know who you are, brother. Emilio Fiera, that's his name. Anyway, and and then he saw that, and then from that point on, he, he just he, I was not part. He just tried to break me. He said, Look, even when I was training well, he just kept uh, not picking me for squads. Then he then he told my managers that I need to move on, and just from doing that, and then uh, I couldn't find a club at the time. And then he's like, all right, well uh, you can train with the under under twelves. So I was training with the under twelves, yeah, under twelves, under thirteens in oh, Belgium. Shit. Yeah, mate, two, three times a week. And then I, I wasn't even playing with the resis. They cut me out of that. And it was hard. Like, it was really, really hard because you're away from family. You're in Europe. You're training with the under 13, 14s. And, and sorry, Arch, how old are you at this time? Mate, I was oh, 20, I would have been 25, 25. Wow. Yeah, so it's uh, like, a, and uh, and you just, there was just nothing you could do. Like, so moments like those are really hard because I don't know in other workplaces that you can get away and do things like that without, you know, going to HR or something like that. I know, people, like, I know that there is a players union and sometimes it, it does uh, go that, that far. But, but I mean, look, to be fair, there's a lot worse cases out there, but I'm just going on my experience. Uh, that, it, that it really almost broke me. But then I, I just kept going, getting at it, getting at it. And then funny enough, the manager actually got rid of players. He sold a good some young players that he brought through on and he needed a striker. And we were doing really great that year and we were fighting relegation. And uh, he brought me back in and I ended up 
scoring some vital goals and, and, and winning some games to get us out of relegation. So, and he moved on, obviously, but like, you know, those are the sort of things that uh, happen in football. It's people have this idea about it being amazing, which it is, but. And, like, you know, you have a great lifestyle, but sometimes you, you won't get paid. Mm. Sometimes, like, I was in Europe, like, I was in Europe and I, I didn't get paid for months. I was, uh, you know, asking back home to my parents to, to, to for money. Why, like, why, why weren't you getting paid, Archie? Was it because of, was it the team finances or were they, was it to do oh, with... Yeah, like, like, yeah, like the like the president. But that tend to ha- tends to happen sometimes. Okay. Sometimes I run a, a little bit late with payments. And, and and there was one president was coming in. There was another president coming, like going out, one coming in. So all all these things that are happening, and uh, and it's and it's hard. Like it's, it's it can be uh, it's a real test of your character. Uh, yeah. It looks a lot of times I fail in that department. Like uh, I fail. I guess with uh, any little hardship, that's where you kind of learn more. I guess what they always say. And those moments I understand and I know now that I make it bigger stronger person sometimes it's uh it's a hundred year celebration of the Socceroos this year uh, there's i'm sure there's so many moments i'd love to hear your what, what's been your favorite moment for you personally a moment that you just you just hold within yourself and you go i'll oh, never like that was just incredible oh look man probably uruguay game in uruguay when i started in 2005 uh Montevideo, that was yeah. Such an intimid- intimidating place to yeah go. explain explain that because what, what oh. what's been heard you're getting spat on and Oh mate, yeah, we got we got like uh, I think four years earlier in the last qualifications, they spat on the players as they were coming out of the airport. Uh, the, the the players stayed at the on the on a hotel that was uh, level floor, one level, like there was only one level, and people out night all night playing drums and stuff, trying to keep the players awake and uh, you know just throwing stuff at them. It was it was really. <laughs> a really tense moment, and it was the same sort of thing as we were getting to the airport. We we got we had to wait a long time. There was all these tactics to kind of you know slow prep- preparation, but this time we I think we were a little bit better. We, we knew exactly what we needed to do. We went to the hotel. We stayed at the hotel on the top floor, and we literally went to the game. We chartered a flight straight back out, so we, we didn't have to like fuck around with all the all the customs and, and worrying about getting getting to Australia. So that that really was... It didn't... Gus, good. That Gus made that. He was like, well, we're having our own plane, wasn't he? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I think it was. I don't know how all the... I know it was a conversation with the FA and uh, obviously hitting and and all the logistic stuff because we I think we landed in Cook Island for an hour and we took back straight off again. But it was... Um, all those things needed to happen because it made the preparation... For us to succeed, we needed that. We we absolutely needed it. And going out into that Montevideo Stadium, like uh, listening to the anthem, uh, you're, you're standing there and you can feel your feet like vibrating because of the the the, the uh, atmosphere. It was just. It, I, I wish I could just take myself back to that mm. that moment again because it was it was just insane. And uh, look, we rode our luck a lot of the time there. It was you know it was great to go out of there one nil. And, you know, the, the rest is history. We go there, back to Australia. Uh, everyone kind of knew, like, those are iconic moments in sport. Like, uh, and I, I'm pretty grateful that I, that I was part of those. You know, like, you know, qualifying for a World Cup. Uh, everyone knew where they were for Kathy Freeman when she ran the 400 metres. Everyone knew where they were for that Socceroo qualification in 2005. Like, uh, and, and going to, to, to the World Cup in 2006, like, after 35 years or something like that, that... 
really sticks out. But there was a game for me too where we played Iraq in Doha. We were having a shit qualification. And, uh, you know, I scored a, a late winner that really, really helped us. Like it was probably what people say that it's like a real turning point in the qualification. So that goal for me was an important one. Like I, I hold close, but then uh, it's all the moments off the pitch, man. Like it's all the all, all the laughs and jokes on the training field, all the laughs and jokes in the in the, in the breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like it, those were the moments for me, and it, you know, it's and it's you can't take it back. It's like it's incredible. It's a brotherhood. Does anything stand out to you? You mentioned just the jokes outside. Like I'm, I'm imagining that you might have been at the front and center of some of these. So does any? Did you put, pull oh, any pranks, or is anything that stands out? Oh, mate, look, we've had a few, a few big nights, that's for sure. Like, I've, I've definitely rolled, strolled out of bed. We had a training camp in London one time. It was just a piss around, really. Like, it was just, I think, a little break up, getting the squad together. This was the actual squad, I think, before the, the, the first games against Uruguay. So there was some, some big names. So I guess it was just like a little getaway for the guys that were still playing in the EPL. I flew over from Belgium at the time, and mate, it was just a bloody. It felt like just a piss up. I wish you. I, I remember going to training, and I've still got a mark on it here. Like I, uh, I, I'm still drunk, and I, and I went to do a step over on the ball, and totally carried myself. Like the grass, because it was dry, I scraped all up my leg because I was going at some speed, and it's still there. Like the mark's still there. <laughs> it's um, crazy. The moments like that, like it's. Yeah. Uh, and and they were like there was so many of them there like and 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 that was a PG version bro like they're, <laughs> they're just such a laugh like it was just a laugh yeah that's amazing I it's funny often uh, I had this conversation with someone the other day and it was well, if we're on the topic of say partying and alcohol I, th- I think I'm I can't remember who I was talking to about it but pre drinks is often more exciting and better than the actual night out and I, I'll relate that to that oh. it's it's yeah. it's not the actual game itself sometimes or the day or like it's the in-between the chats the laughs the living like we live together so like you can imagine the little eggs that come up here and their easter eggs that we're like oh isn't that funny yeah 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 well well, that's what it's like you know i mean there's a and and because we we're all just we're all super close like everyone was super close uh so everyone got on with everyone and as soon as we played a game back in the old days it was like okay where are we going and it's like that, you know, the pre pre drinks, have a laugh, and then uh, you know those dusty mornings when you 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 know you, you know that you're departing and you're going wherever you're going. I think sometimes these days it's so professional and, and like obviously you got to be more careful in the public eye. And we did a lot of the stuff that we did together, like yeah. and 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 sort of we all we were kind of shielded a lot too, which was great. <laughs> We we could just have fun with like with each other and, yeah. and have a laugh and, uh, and 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 still when I catch up with a lot of the guys today we still we, we joke and laugh about oh do you remember that night or oh do you remember that game that night after like it was it's not even necessarily about the game it was always about like uh, oh remember that night <laughs> after that game <laughs> look I mean uh, that nowadays it's a little bit different I, I know uh, alcohol and it was a big part of the culture uh, in my day growing up and I, I know that it's never helped me in any way <laughs> uh, because I'm just like man I, I have one and then it's like see you later so uh, I, I don't drink anymore so that's uh, that's that's a reason but uh, look it was it was a lot of fun like a, a lot of 
I'm interested too, Archie, in that that time period. So at the time, there's Viduka, Kuehl, Cahill, Schwarzer, Neil, all these guys that are playing in England. Emerton. Emerton, yeah. yeah. Did you have ambition to play in England or did it ever get close? Was that an ambition of yours? Well, mate, look, I, I, it's such a physical league. Like, I think when I, when I think of the Socceroos and the boys that were there and when they came to training, just the physicality, like the strength of them, mm. like, you know, and they weren't even stronger, like stronger players in the EPL. Like there was, so I don't know if I'd have been able to, to handle the physicality of, of the EPL. And plus also the, the work, I, I didn't have a work visa, so that was never, okay. like you had to be at the top, in the top bracket to be able to really go into the EPL. So, oh, really? And I, I, I just don't, yeah, yeah, like it was a big, work issues were always a, the thing back then. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like now. There was a period where you had to actually play 80% of the Socceroo games to qualify to get a work permit. Uh, oh. And that's 80% of the games over the calendar year. And I was like on the fringe of the Socceroos most of the time. So, and uh, and a lot of those uh, Socceroos at that time, that was almost like you couldn't get into it. You could not get into that squad. Like Frank Farina had his players. Didn't matter what you did, like he was always going to pick those players. Yeah. And I think that's why, like, it was great when hitting came. It was like a clean slate and everyone, like, had an opportunity. So players that were were on the fringes was like, okay, hang on. Uh, and then hitting saw things and, and that's why I got my opportunity because it was, it, he, he saw something in me that could work and that, that was great. And I, I think and, – and, and that's what's happened. I think that's changed – hitting coming in changed a whole culture about how teams are selected with the soccer moves. It's not, it's not names. It's, not, it, it's just who's performing and who's doing well. Before it was used to used to be just names. He he did that, and I don't now I totally forgot what the fucking question was. <laughs> <laughs> Playing in England, but oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. So uh, no, I, I don't even think I would have been able to, to handle the physicality, the speed of the game. Uh, it just probably wasn't at the level that I, like sure. like the type of player that like I am, you know. Yeah, sure. Uh, what about the current? State of the A-League. I'd love to talk about that. I'm a big A-League fan. You know, I love it. I've loved it the whole time. I remember, you know, we were actually talking about this right before we came on. Like, Daniel was saying, you know, there there was just this time when you knew victory were on on a Friday night or a Saturday night and Eddie or and and (laughs) Doc Lands was going to be packed. And it was just this. It was massive. Like, and it's been going now for, I think it's almost 15 years. Is it? Maybe more. Oh, yeah, no. Probably Nearly 20? 17, 18 years now, yeah. Yeah. So so from where it was then, and I know you obviously cover the game and you have to be careful of what you say, but where have you seen the change and and how has it been, I guess, transitioning from it as a player into now watching it? Hmm. Well, look, I think it was just a new excitement that was there when we first came in, just like the NBL. Like with the NBL, I don't know if you've ever gone and watched a game. It, It was just the entertainment factor. Like it was, it was just entertaining. They make it entertaining, NBL. That's why people go and watch it. It's like not even. I, I remember going for a couple of games. I never even watched the basketball. I was just so wrapped up in the, what was going on. Oh, but I think that was sort of similar to what the A League was. It was because look, there's massive football fans out there, you know, and they, and they just wanted something a little bit different. And I, I think that's what the A League was bringing. And whole new franchises, uh, breaking away from all different ethnic groups and, and all these sort of things. And and it, and it was just somewhere that you could take, take your kids and feet, you know. That's not taking anything away from the old NSL and that because I loved it too. I love that that intimidating factor as a player to go to a place and it's like, oh, man, this is like, you know, going to tonight's stadium was 
intense, like really yeah. intense. And uh, going to Sydney tonight, it was intense. I, I, but I love that. That that that's what yeah, the play. I love that kind of because uh, you you know that you you want to score a goal and really put it up. Uh, <laughs> but then, uh, but with the with with the start of the A League, it was like it was new, it was fresh. We had a great start to the season. The wheels fell off halfway through the season that first year. But I think the way we started it just excited fans and. Uh, and, and then that just became the hottest ticket in town, man. Like, it didn't matter. Like, as soon as the football was on and everyone knew that Victor was playing, they were going to go. Like, it yeah. was like, it, that was the start of your nights. And, even, and it didn't even have to be, you didn't even have to be a soccer fan, a football fan. Like, you, you just wanted to go and watch a game uh, at Melbourne Victor because you wanted to hear the atmosphere, you wanted to hear singing, you wanted to see flares, you wanted, you wanted to see one end singing for the other. You don't get that in AFL. Like, I went to I went to an AFL game. Although I, I must admit there's been some really great finishes over the last few rounds in games. But you go to AFL, I went to AFL grand final. I want, I, my team weren't playing, it was Adelaide, Richmond. Uh, it was like this amazing atmosphere and there was all, all this noise. As soon as the whistle went and the ball bounced, it went dead quiet. And I'm like, what the, what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And I, like, because I, I just wanted to experience a grand final, but I, the atmosphere just went. So people got the got the uh, real taste of what a real atmosphere at a sporting event's like, and, and they loved it. Like you didn't even need to be a fan of football, you know, or you know, and, and that, that's why I think for a long time it was really, really exciting, and, and people loved it. Then it just sort of I don't know what happened. It just kind of plateaued. I just I don't know if uh, Fox Sport were really putting enough energy and money into it. Uh, it was just sort of dying off towards the end. The quality of football probably wasn't. At a level, recruitment in star players wasn't there. So, uh, and you know, COVID really, like, really fucked it up for yeah. a lot of codes, but especially for ours. And now Channel Ten comes in. Uh, everyone's like, oh, you know, it's Paramount Channel Ten. But man, we have to start with Fox somewhere. Uh, Channel Ten are giving us a lifeline. They've given us money. Mm-hmm. And now it's about the clubs now because they have their own ownership. It's down to them to uh, let more in because I know with the A-League clubs over time, they've been so having the walls up about what they can show and what they can't. But they've got to just go, mate, people want to see inside that. People want to know what's going on. And I think if we start loosening the reins a little bit, uh, I think we have that signing Nani. Like, yeah, that for me is one of the biggest signings in the A-League history. Like, I'm, je- I'm jealous of it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, to be, I don't know who you guys decided. I've seen some guys pop up and I'm thinking, I, I, don't, I don't know these guys, like, yeah. you know. But I, I think people would keep saying about sugar hits, like, you know, like a sugar hit is in, get someone in, build yeah. excitement, but then what's really going to happen up, up on the back end of that? I don't care. We need sugar hits. We need people to get excited. Yeah. As soon as I see Nani coming, I'm like, man, wow, I'm excited about it. And he really wants to do well here. You've got Dwight York's got McCarthy. Yeah. He's going to bring some more uh, excitement to the league. So we had Barcelona here. We had uh, Manchester United. Yeah. Man, so, like, we're, we're starting to get that, build that excitement back again. We've got the Women's World Cup. The boys have made the World Cup. Man, it's it, it's a perfect time now for football to really, really start to take off a little bit again, like where we were in those first few years, even for a while. I reckon that first seven, eight years was hot to try. Like, yeah. That was the be- best thing to be a part of because 
Man, no one knew me overseas. And, like, you know, in the football world here, head of cell that knew me, but household name, I wasn't a household name, came back to the A-League, bang, man, like, I, I'm, I'm, like, not blowing smoke up my own ass. I'm grateful and blessed because people, Socceroo guys have gone over and had great careers. They come back and no one knows who they are. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and, like, it's, it's funny because in this game you've got to stay relevant. <laughs> Unfortunately, in media, in sport, like, in the public eye, you have to be relevant. Uh, if you want to, you want to be make a career, and I'm like, I've been lucky that A League has given me that opportunity to be in, in the household of people's on TV. Going to Premier League, you, you didn't have that connection with uh, people that were playing in the, in the EPL. I, I I wasn't watching Harry Kill every week. I wasn't watching Lucas Neal or Mark Duke. It pop up on highlights. So and also what Bresciano and Vinny Grella were doing in mm. Italy, mm. I didn't know that, but. Everyone sort of knew what I was doing here, and that's—I'm pretty lucky and grateful, man. Yeah, it's—it's it's really interesting you say that too, and it's great insight. And well, I've still got my Archie Thompson signed Melbourne Victory ball. My—I'll uh, oh, tell yeah. you about it off there, but my grandma lived in the same suburb as you, and every time she saw you, or at the time your your then wife in the, in the supermarket, she got very excited and wanted to tell. Oh, everybody. was that a point cool? What's that? Point Cook, yeah, 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 St. Yeah. Lakes, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you more about it off air, but uh, it's funny you mentioned too because I was going to ask, and Doss asked a really good question about like getting a bit of an injection. You mentioned the sugar hit into the A-League. So in the AFL, because we're both big AFL fans too, and we're doing a little bit of work in that space, and the players are taking over the media, so to speak, a little bit more. So the AFL clubs are slowly relaxing their views on what players can do and can say. Do you see that as yeah. being a big integral part to getting this thing up and running again if the players oh, could yeah. show their characters i know why you, i'm so glad you asked that question because for me especially with football i know it, that is you've lost the connection and identity from the player to the fan and because the fan doesn't know the story the backstory of what this player is or, or, or the story or the hardship or what sort of character is off the pitch or what sort of character is in training. But when you've got someone that's saying, I want you to say these key points and I want you to deliver that key message, that's why they never put me up on on, uh, on media days come towards the end of my career and a lot, large period of my career is because I say things that I feel. And yeah. sometimes it might come across the way that I want it to come across, but I'm a passionate, emotional person. And, and sometimes, okay, you're going to say things, but fuck, we all make mistakes. We all say things. We're not all perfect. And I think it's great that they're doing that because I know that for a long time, and that's what I think's damaged a lot of the, the that connection uh, and football, and what I speak about uh, the A-League, it was because in the early days, everyone knew who the players were. Everyone knew the character of who they were. I, I don't know anyone in AFL. You know, you know who I know? I know Billy Brownless. I know Davey Berenden. I know because they're characters. They, they like you know. Yeah, that's right. You know who they? You know their character. You know they're fun. They're joking. They laugh. But they don't take things easily. Uh, too seriously. That's the same with us. With like NBA, for example. Like we'll we'll know the characters of the sport. So Ooh, yeah, Shaq, mate, Shaq, Charles Barkley. I love them guys, man. Like, but that's sort of the era I grew up. Uh, I know that you've got to still be mindful about things that can get said or whatever. But it's just nice to be able to connect with a person and think because like what I was talking about, the judgment of people, right? I, I, I see an AFL guy or a, an A-League guy just prancing around the ground and not really like, you know, 
I think, well, this look at this guy, man. Like he thinks his shit don't stink. Like, yeah. but man, he could be the most beautiful person and like doing so amazing things outside that we don't know about. That's right. And I, and I look, and you know, I, I, I definitely stopped a lot of that. And I, and yeah. I, but I just, I, I think that's really great, man. And that's and that's something that they should uh, really encourage, hundred yeah. percent. And that's and that's why I will say, I love Channel Ten. Yeah. Because they just let me be me, and, and that's 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 the amazing, amazing thing, man. And that's what we want as spectators too. Like as people sitting down to watch. Like again, you want to listen to like in the. Again, I'm using AFL because it's it's Rel- for us. It's yeah. relevant yeah. to us. But you listen to the channels that and the commentators. Sometimes you'll turn it down if you don't want to hear their comments because they're boring. Sometimes you'll turn it up. So to have characters, oh. yeah, it's 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 really right. good to hear they're listening oh. the range of it. Oh yeah. It's unbelievable, mate, because I'm like, I've got to switch off sometimes too when I hear, oh, oh the playing group, oh, we've come to this decision, like, oh, fuck, mate, give me a break. Yeah. As soon as I hear this, I'm like, oh, the leadership group, or, or oh, we believe in it. I'm like, I, I, can't, I can't deal. It's like, mate, tell me what's really going on. Yeah. The fans want to hear what's really going on. What's going on? Why did why do you fucking turn up to like because he was pissed? Well, tell us why, man. <laughs> yeah, hundred uh, yeah, percent. Yeah, so uh, like it's uh, I know, but I know that there's kids involved, and you have got to be mindful of that too. Uh, I know there's just show, they're just gonna let them be them, man. Like it's that's I think why I love what I do now because it's I'm allowed to do what I'm. I'm allowed to have fun. I'm allowed to fuck up. I'm allowed to say things that I'm not meant to say. But hey, and a lot of people say to me now, even my mates, I go. Arch, how the fuck do you get away with saying a lot of things at the same? And I just say, mate, well, that's me. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm not going to say things right. I'm going to, the odd C word might pop out. Uh, <laughs> and it has, it's popped out twice. <laughs> but, but, mate, people relate. People relate to it. Fans relate to it. I mean, I would, I can't wait to the day that when we do commentary, Someone can say, oh, fuck, he fucked up there. He probably should have slid that in there. Like, that way of saying it. You know, yeah. Oh, mate, shit. Man, that was shit. Yeah. Oh, oh, fuck, what happened with that? You know, I, I, I would love that. There's a famous piece of – I'm a Western Bulldogs fan. There's a famous piece of commentary, Brian Taylor on Triple yeah. M, and Tom Boyd kicks the goal for the doggies. They seal the grand final in 216, and he goes, oh, yeah. Tom Boyd's kicked the goal. Fuck. Yeah. And everyone – relates to it because that's how big of a moment it is and that's what it yeah. deserves. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone in the grand everyone in the grand stage going, fucking yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. They're, not, they're not saying anything bloody, you know? Oh, marvellous goal. That's yeah. why it's the grand final. 2000 beautiful. No, it's like, fucking yes. Like, <laughs> While we're on characters, Arch, like the A-League, for example, the characters that, you, especially people that, for example, in a in Melbourne, a, an AFL focused state, everyone knows Bess Up Risha. Like yeah. everyone knows Archie Thompson. Everyone knows the guys that are, you know, they say the things that they're not supposed to say. Yeah, and, and, and that's why people relate. Like you know, and I know there's a lot of shit going on with Dustin Martin. Yeah, like that he's not saying enough. Mate, if the guy doesn't want to say anything, don't fucking say anything. Yeah. Mate, that's forcing someone to speak. Man, what happened to human rights? Is like, man, freedom of speech. If I want to say something, I don't. I want to say something. If I don't want to say something, I don't want to say something. Players are seeing it too. I just, just leave the man play. If he loves, he loves playing football. Let him play football. 
If he doesn't want to talk out outside of that, don't let him talk. We all get entertained. Like those are the sort of moments where you've got to go, okay, his kind of character is he's introvert. He doesn't want to tell show too much. That's fine. I'm cool. I'm cool with that. I just had to say that because I, no, I it's, like, it's honestly, it's and we've interviewed. We've been lucky enough, as we told you off there, we've been doing this over two years. We've interviewed some awesome people and we pinch ourselves. And, yeah. But it's very refreshing to hear you speak like this because going into this interview, like we are saying to each other, well, how do we bring up things like <clears throat> the current state of the A-League, for example, the current state of, of football without sounding like we don't want to sound like we're trying to get a headline or pushing you under or being oh, negative. But we're, it's just refreshing to hear you speak your mind with passion because we've gone through a stage in the world of getting so hypersensitive and now it's starting to turn back because it can only go so far and people were sick of it i mean i don't know like charlie austin for example he's one of my favorite footballers ever he's just come to brisbane raw so i'm a qpr <laughs> fan and he's a character he will speak his mind he's already talked about drinking pints in, in brisbane and, and things like that so <laughs> the penalty shootout he was doing this yeah. charlie well, Cup. Well, well, I was at that game uh, the crowd there was a decent crowd there too and uh like they were really getting up in the and you know he caught the goal and he just stood there like this, like, for a good time. I'm like, hey, I like this Oh, boy. he's yeah. awesome. Mate, we were we were um, in England at the start of this year, like I told you. We went to an FA Cup game, QPR were playing, and he got subbed off halfway through the, you know, say the 60th <laughs> minute. And because it was FA Cup, half the grandstand was empty, so they only opened up one side of the stadium. Instead of walking to the bench and sitting on the bench, he just... <laughs> I'm not kidding. He jumped over the fence, went up halfway into a stand where no one was sitting, crossed his legs and watched the rest of the game by himself. <laughs> and I thought it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. So, like, so that, that, that's the sort of things that, like, you know, we've, we've got uh, Cummings now yeah. in Central Park, like real character, mate, like real character. Uh, you've got Austin. I mean, like, you still want to have, like, they, they, they can play the game. They, yeah, they're great. And look, uh, and, and they'll bring a bit of something different, which we, we need. We definitely need that. And hopefully they can teach those youngsters about, like, obviously what, what it takes and the professionalism of it all, and I, I hope that they still stick on that path. But it also, too, just to fucking be yourself yeah. and uh, have a laugh and don't, don't feel like that you can't. And that's why I, I've kind of been so relatable to a lot of people is that that's, that's how I am. Like, yeah. I, that's why I, you I, are where you are. Yeah, I love having a laugh and having fun, man. It's so... You know, it's, it's, it's better than feeling shit, that's for sure. As we, uh, we're kind of coming to an end, which is uh, I hate because I bloody love this chat. It's been fucking awesome. I'd love to hear your answer around. I get mates that, you know, that, that they'll say to me, why would you watch the A-League? Because, mate, you can go and watch the fucking Premier League. Like, what? And I'm, I'm trying to say to them, they're trying to compare the A-League with whether it's the Premier League or the Bundesliga or, you know, Serie A, Champions League as well. Like you've got Australia Cup versus Champions League. They're trying to compare the two. And I'm like, if you're telling me, right, Archie, you say to me, all right, Wade, this is the answer you should tell them when they come yeah. to you with this. Yeah. Well, look, man, I think it, was, I think it might have been John Cosmina said it recently about like there's not too much difference with the football here in the A-League and, and games in Europe. And there isn't, man. Like people think... Like, every single game in the EPL is amazing. It's not. No. It is not. I'm no. telling you, I, I, I went and watched a La Liga game a few years ago when I was at PSV. And, mate, I, I like, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, La Liga, it's going to be amazing. It was the shittest game of football I've seen in my life. Uh, and then EPL, like, there's amazing players. And, like, when some of the bigger clubs uh, are going to be playing each other, like, you look at Manchester United, you look at... 
Oh, no, no, I shouldn't say Manchester United. Man City, Liverpool, my boys, Arsenal. Like, <laughs> those guys, they play football, man. And there's not too many other teams. Like, it's a bit of a battle of dogfighting. It's just down to physicality. Uh, I, I look, I watched Wolverhampton play Tottenham, and I thought they were pretty decent. They played some good football. That was a good game. But it's sort of all like that. The people think, oh, Premier League, yeah, it's like without even watching it every single game of the Premier League, think it's far better. But no, it, I've seen games in the A-League where it's been unbelievable. And I've left that game thinking, man, they've, they've just reunited the passion in me of football. You know, so look, every, there's going to be games that are going to be shit. Every every game can't be amazing. Like <clears throat> I remember watching a game. I think it was last year when uh, City played City played Melbourne Victory Derby games. The year before it was like, oh, okay, well, we smashing. don't want to talk about that. Yeah, no, we do want to talk about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but last year the games were unbelievable, yeah, like yeah. incredible. Uh, like the, the the first two games, I think they were one one or yeah, or, or there was a at Amy Park. When uh, uh, the intensity level of that was end to end, the challenges in the box, last ditch uh, tackles, I hadn't seen a game of football like that across any uh, from Champions League or like that intensity, that level, mm. and, and, the, the, and the atmosphere in a long time, man. Mm. That rivaled a lot of A League games throughout the whole A League. It's whole inception. I just thought that was incredible. But people don't understand. They've got to go watch. And look, there are, there's, I reckon that period through COVID, we, it was shit. I'm going to be honest because we, we, we didn't have, like, they were throwing in all these youngsters. It was great for them. They got the opportunity, but they didn't have the, they didn't have the consistency. They were hot and cold. So the level of it wasn't there. It's cha- it's changing, man. It's changing. Last year was about finding our feet again, having that understanding about what the A-League clubs want to do. This year's a, a different kettle of fish, man. It's going to be exciting. On the back of Doss's question, like... Basically, what I'm saying is saying, fuck you, guys. <laughs> A-League is good. Yes. <laughs> Just go and watch a game. That's yeah. it. Let's do it. Well, for the person that is like, okay, I want to get into it, give us give us one player or two players or, or a team to watch this oh, season, a little bit of a prediction. Okay, I'm definitely going to go Nani, Melbourne Victory. I think Melbourne Victory will be good this year. Yeah. I think MacArthur's not going to be bad. They've got Azani. Azani is someone I'm excited to see play a yeah. little bit because I, I think he made a couple of uh, iffy decisions about where he went when he left. So that'll be good. Oh, it's, a, it's a hard one, man. Like, Honestly, I, I, I think it's going to be tough. But uh, I will say, how good is the fucking Australian Cup been? We had mm. bloody Oakley, Cannon, knock off Sydney FC. So they've got two NPL teams in a semi-final. Yeah. I, I was spilling at Danny McBreen. He did the draw. He fucked it because it would have been so good if two NPL teams had a face-off with one. Yeah. I'm so upset about that. I'm, I'm spilled about that. But that competition is incredible. You don't have that in any other code. Mm, definitely, and uh, like you, you have it here, and and, and it's it's amazing. Again, I, I don't know who's gonna who's gonna do well because it's it's a pretty even league this year, hundred yeah. percent even. I, well, I have no idea. Definitely not City. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's Australian Cup. It's the closest thing we have to relegation and promotion, really. You know, across yeah, all yeah, leagues in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, when I went back to grassroots football, man, like when when I knew the FA Cup was coming, and I was playing NPL three and. We were playing MPL one team. I got more excited about that just because it was like it was it was that, it was that competition, and you're able to play uh, like other 
teams and in other competitions and at other other levels. And and it, and it was like it was just different in the league, like an, an opportunity to go and play A League team. It's, it's unbelievable. Actually, right before we finish, a good friend of ours, Bailey Wright, who we spoke about before, yeah. he actually played with you in a, in a game yeah. for victory out at Oakley, I think. I, 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 it, was, it was a practice match. And I'll never forget it because I went yeah. and I remember having the best bloody Suvalaki of my life out there. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, so we'll did, he, did, he play, did he play with me? Yeah. Yep. It was a victory out. I mean, it was a victory lineup. It was full. He played for victory. It was a scratch match. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you guys watch? You I, I was there, and you. I was there, and you were playing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I and who did we play? Bentley Greens. Yeah, I think so. Or it might be Bentley. Might be Bentley. Yeah, Bentley Greens because they have good suitors, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> Bentley. <laughs> yeah, we'll edit. We'll edit that out and send it to him, and we'll make you say that you remember it really well and how good he was. <laughs> oh no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've had guys like complain with it, uh, uh, like, and then they've gone on and done things, and I'm like, oh shit, Jackson Irvine. But mate, I'm fucking old. I forget shit. <laughs> we're, we're, we'll wrap this up anyway because we've taken yeah. a, a lot of your time. But look, we're very excited about you know the A League this season. Watching you, watching the Spring Carnival, watching what you do with uh, Channel Ten. Hopefully, uh, some more, some more little gigs like Master Chef as well. Again, just firstly, just want to say thank you for your generosity. It's been one of the most refreshing pods. And it's just been nice. I hope you've enjoyed it too. But it's been nice to hear you speak so openly about a few different areas that we, we don't hear very often. So I just want to thank you, Arch. Oh, thanks, man. Look, this is only my opinion. I don't get things right all the time. And, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm most of the times I'm sheep when it comes to politics and football because I, I just don't – I don't know enough, man. But just from what I see on the surface, there's probably a lot deeper stuff there. But, yeah, but I, I really appreciate and grateful the guys that you have me on. And right. go, Bailey Wright. <laughs> Come on, city. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Dee, wasn't that episode just awesome? Oh, mate, I got so much out of it. I'm sure you did too. And, of course, thank you to everyone who listened. Guys, if you haven't already, go and subscribe to the podcast over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For sure. And please leave us a five-star review on Apple. It goes such a long way to helping the show. And, of course, you have your chance to get a shout-out. Don't forget to go and follow us over on Instagram as well. What's the Instagram, Dee? It's at DawsonD underscore. D-O-S-A-N-D-D underscore. See you next week. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you in the next episode.